You are listening to the Self Made Babe podcast with your co-hosts Danny Fountain and Lola Gilbert, who dive deep into the psychology and strategy of starting a business. Here is the place where we get real with you, talk about the gritty parts of business that make us cry, and cut out the bullshit. We're ready to talk about how the hell we handle the day-to-day when life gets hard. Take our hands, join in conversation, and get real support as you build your empire. Because you're a self-made babe. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feeds or iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram at selfmadebabepodcast. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Self-Made Babe, everyone. We are here with Andrea Vagy, the owner of Andrea Elizabeth Photography and 28 Paperclips. She's a kick-ass 20-year-old. Yep, you heard that right. She can't even drink. Running two businesses, and she already has a college degree. Basically, she's the dream team all wrapped up in one little human. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Hi. Hi. So just to give the audience some background, Andrea and I met at Creative at Heart in November of last year, um, and I was super blown away because she was basically me (laughs) three years ago. Um, So when Lola and I started this podcast and we were talking with all of these newer entrepreneurs about all of their hopes and dreams, we knew we had to talk to Andrea too. Not even a question. So, Andrea, do you want to kick us off by giving us some background into both of your businesses and what they do? Um, Because 28 Paperclips isn't a super explanatory name. Okay. So, I first started my, it's an Etsy shop, and I have three embroidery machines, and I basically sell monogrammed, you name it. Anything that can be embroidered is embroidered, and it's on Etsy in my shop. (laughs) And I started it my senior year of high school, and I had like one of those vinyl things and then I moved to embroidery and it's been going since then so for every three years and then photography I started shooting as a freshman and I just started my business like my senior year of high school as well but love it and for those of you in the audience who don't know she's been to what two Hope Taylor workshops you've been to a Justin and Mary workshop you like This girl is not afraid to invest in education for her business, which I think is so important. So kudos to you, girl. Thank you. So talk to us a little bit about your marketing, because it's got to be batshit crazy trying to market two businesses at the same time. It's a little, it's a little tough. For a while, Etsy was kind of doing the work for me because monograms were so hot in the, I was in the Etsy algorithm, so I didn't really have to market, but now I'm like, having to, which is um, stressful because I wasn't used to that. And so a lot of Instagram planning and a lot of, I have to plan content all the time for Instagram and I struggle with Etsy more so than photography because it's like, I wasn't used to having it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I come up with content all the time? So that's hard. But, and then I don't even put Etsy on Facebook. I put photography on Facebook because I reach a lot of people to Facebook with photography. But it's keeping them totally separate is tough and being like, because they don't really go together at all. So. Right. And you land on your photography website and there's no mention of Etsy, which I don't think is a bad thing. How do you introduce yourself at conferences? Like, I don't even remember. How did you introduce yourself at Creative at Heart? Do you mention both businesses or do you just say you're a photographer or? I 
so I leave with wedding photography. I'm like, hi, I'm Andrea, I'm a wedding photographer. And then I'm like, oh, and I also have an Etsy shop. And so I do mention both, but I kind of make it seem like Etsy, my Etsy shop is like nothing, even though out of the two businesses, it's definitely the one that's bigger. I was going to say, which is hilarious because Etsy is your moneymaker. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> the one that's bigger. So Can we also please talk about the fact that you're a 20 year old and you have an employee that does like most of your embroidery work for you? Talk oh, to yeah, me yeah. about what that's like. Oh, it's, I mean, I love it. I, I pay her like. $12 an hour. I'm like, sweet. You know what? You take, you take it. And it, she loves, it's a good job for her. And I, she's a friend, but I decided to, to over a year ago, I was like, it's too much for me to do it. And my time is not worth that. So I was like, I just talked to her and said, Hey, you want a job? She's like, yes, I do. And so she's great. She works faster than I do. And she's better at it than me now. And I've, I haven't stitched something for a customer in like months months and months and months. Like I only make stuff if it's for myself and sometimes I don't even do that. <laughs> so that's so good though. Talk to us about what it's like to be a 20 year old trying to market two businesses, going to all of these workshops and conferences all the time. Um, and not like not letting your age fuck things up for you from a marketing perspective. Cause that's totally a mistake I made. Like, talk to it, us about that. It's hard. Like, my, the, I find it, it's not as difficult with the Etsy because my Etsy sellers don't know me. You know what I mean? So they can't be like, oh, she's just 20. How could she know how to embroider something? But my photography clients obviously do. And it, like, at some point along the photography journey, it comes out that I can't drink, that I'm only 20. Like, I'm young. They're like, oh, my God, you look so young. I'm like, that's because I am. Like, and so I really struggle with, making people think like letting people know that I'm legit because to most of my clients who are like friends, I'm Laura's little sister or like the little cousin or, you know, my, my sister's, my little sister, my friend's little sister, all that stuff. So it's hard because it's like, why would I trust someone with my wedding? Who's only 20. You know what I mean? Cause it's a big, big job to trust for, to trust someone for that. So Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I think, um, just in like your online presence and what you're doing, you're breaking out of that, right? You're like the next hope Taylor breaking out of that mold of age being a problem. That's the goal. That is the goal. <laughs> yeah. So, so you talked about not having a Facebook for your Etsy shop. How do you decide where to focus your energy in marketing for both businesses? And how do you split that time? Because most business owners allocate all of their time that they have to one business. Um, how do you decide which business gets more time and why? Um, I have always chosen to put more time into the promotion of my photography business because ultimately that's what I want to do. I describe Etsy as like when I was in high school, I needed a job just like every other teenager needs a job. And that was my job. But now it's like turned into something that's like, now it's like a job that's been going on for too long. In my opinion, like I love it. I love to have it, but my photography is my ultimate goal. And so I want to put more effort into building that but I can't these, I mean, I still have to make money. And so I want to promote my Etsy business as much as possible because that's a business that's really flourishing right now. So like, I'm not going to not do it, but 
I decided to just do Instagram with it because I figured most of my audience is on Instagram. So I looked at what's effective with it and Facebook really wasn't. And so, and Instagram was the most effective. So I was like, I'm not going to put the effort into Facebook if this isn't like, if it's not giving me enough return and it wasn't, but Instagram was so. So smart. How does um, having the photography skills help with the Etsy, right? Because like if I'm a maker, I'm not a photographer and I have to pay someone to shoot my stuff. Does that help? Oh, it, it helps a ton because I always say that if you're on Etsy, the biggest thing is to have good listing pictures. And because if people are scrolling through a bunch of thumbnails and all they see is a price in a picture, they're going to want to see a good picture and that's going to grab them. So I always say that it helps like pay someone to do it to do to get good pictures. And so it's kind of nice that I can just get good pictures myself and it helps for having content because all it takes is a day of like grabbing, you know, four girls who I'm saying, Hey, you want a free monogram shirt? I'll give it to you if you model for me in the shoot. And then of course high schoolers are like, heck yeah, we do. And then I shoot it and it just takes one day and then I have content for like a month. So it's perfect. That's so good. That's so good. Talk to us about um, from managing the two businesses and where you ultimately want to go with the photography. Um, what is the plan for the Etsy shop? Do you think you'll ever phase it out? Do you think it's too much of a good revenue to do that? What What's the plan? I I always waffle with what to do. I think I think it'd be really cool to get it to where it's not it's. I think it's silly whenever you worked hard to get into the Etsy algorithm and be one of the first ones that you type up when you're like monogram makeup bag and it's my listing is one of the first. It's stupid to be like, well, done. So I would rather get to the point where it's still running, but it's totally outsourced. That way I'm not a part of it. And I'm not, well, not, not a part of it, but I'm not wasting time with it and it's completely outsourced. So that would be like an ultimate goal if it's possible. I don't know. We will see. But hopefully, because that's a good, I think, that's a goal for that. And photography, I would love that to be my full-time job. And then hopefully one day virgin to like education and that kind of thing. But love it. So now that you're done with college, because you just finished in December, um, and obviously, obviously your boyfriend is on the West Coast, what's the plan in terms of like long-term, where do you want your photography business to be based since you have that freedom of being so young? Are you thinking about good locations? Are you thinking about where it's easiest to build a business? Are you thinking about where your boo is? What's, what's the plan? I'm thinking about it. I don't know if he's thinking about it because I think about moving and I'm like, oh no, like I don't want to build a client base here and then move to wherever he goes to medical school. And, but at the same time, I know that the likelihood of him going to medical school in St. Louis is really slim. So it's, it's like, I'm thinking about it, but I think that it's one of those things where like when we'll cross that bridge and we get there, this is what I, the way I think of it. And I'm like, if we have to move, which I'm assuming we will, I'll mark it in a new place and we'll see how it goes. Like we'll roll with the punches. So that's, that's how I'm thinking about it. Wise beyond your years, princess. I'm going to toss it over to Lola because I see her face. She's got some good ones for you. Go for it, girl. <laughs> I just get so geeked when I get to talk to photographers because that's what I do and um, that's what the Babetown Collective community is all about. And that's kind of, I don't know, I just love it so much. So, And especially talking to photographers who get started so young um, and really take the time to craft um, their, or to nurture their craft um, and to work 
on it and I can see your excitement when you talk about it and you know where you're headed, you know where you're going, even if it's a little cloudy when you're thinking about it. And that's so motivational to so many people who listen to the podcast. So I'm just excited. So I have a bunch of notes. Um, so um, no particular order, but I have some questions for you. Um, so what about the first thing that came to mind when we started and we were talking about how you do photography and then you um, do the embroidery business. Um, I'm just curious if you have any other creative outlets that maybe no one would know about. Um, like for me, I, um, it's kind of weird, but makeup is like, you wouldn't know by my face today. Um, but makeup is kind of my other creative outlet. Like if I'm not doing photography, I spend a lot of time, um, looking at makeup books and like knowing the theory behind color and those types of things. And I think it also helps in my photography because I shoot boudoir and like, I get like, okay, so we're going to be shooting on a brick wall. Like let's not do this with her makeup or whatever. So I'm just curious if you have anything else that maybe people wouldn't know about you. Well, first I'm so jealous because it's my <laughs> dreams to get makeup. And I <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago, I actually got super frustrated. I was like, Oh, like I have nothing that I do that's not for money. Like I, like I don't have any creative outlet that's not, that I'm not trying to sell. And so I actually like went on Amazon that night and I was like, I'm going to learn calligraphy. And so I ordered a bunch of pens and like, I've been dabbling with that. And I'm like, it's kind of nice to be like, Oh, this sucks, but who cares? Like, I'm not trying to sell it. And this is just a creative outlet for right now. So that's been the thing I've, you know, and not good at it at all, but you know, it's fun and it's creative outlets. So and I think just as the creatives in general, we um, kind of crave new things all the time to just try, even if we fucking suck at it, because trust me, I've stuck at a million things. Um, but I think that um, like calligraphy, that's also something that you could like work into your photography, um, but you don't necessarily need to sell the calligraphy. You know what I mean? So you can just kind of, like you said, do it as you want to do it and play around with it. And there's no expectations to it. And that's how I am with my makeup. Like, um, what I have pictures from when I was like in my late teens, early twenties, probably. Um, and I'm not that old guys, but, um, <laughs> but I just have pictures and I look back and I'm like, what the hell was I doing? Like I've got blue eyeshadow everywhere and like blush is like caked on my face. And, but I didn't care cause I just loved it. You know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, I love that. That's super fun. Um, so let's talk about something else that I'm really interested in that Danny mentioned is that you have certainly gone above and beyond to invest in your skill set. Um, for photography. Um, I know a lot of photographers who have been in business for years and years and years and never invested a penny um, in the education portion of their business. And as part of my business, that's something that I encourage so heavily is that you can't do it alone and to, in, to invest your money in places where you feel like um, you aren't doing it alone, that you get to learn alongside creatives that you look up to. Um, so I'm curious, just the couple that Danny threw out that you have um, invested in, what is it about those, um, those workshops or retreats, whatever they chose to call them, um, that you love so much and that you were willing to invest such a large dollar amount to be part of? I love the photographers that put them on. Like I, I had met most of the photographers I had met beforehand that, that I went to. And I was like, you're really sweet. And you have some really, really amazing work, like insanely good work. So I'm like, heck yeah, I want to learn from you. And like, it seems like and all their blogs and like all their workshops or contents are based on like, these are the mistakes I made. And these are the mistakes that you don't have to make. And it's like, if all it takes is a thousand bucks to not make those mistakes over like the next five years I'm like that's totally worth the money to me because it's like 
you're going to tell me all the mistakes you make and how not to make them. And all I have to do is sit here, write it down, not do it and pay a thousand bucks. Like, heck yeah. I want right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's a huge, um, people, it's still hard for a lot of photographers to see the value in, in workshops and retreats. And although they're blowing up and expanding and they're everywhere. And I love that personally, cause I'm a huge advocate for education and for, for learning from the people that you love so much. Um, it's still hard for people to say or to, to invest such a large dollar amount when they don't see the value in it. So it's refreshing to hear from you. Um, how, how great of an experience it's been from you for you. Um, what would you say the biggest change has been from when you weren't investing in these workshops and when you have now personally outside of your business? Um, so whether it's community or, um, referrals or whatever it is personally that you've gained from these workshops. Definitely lots of like friends that understand the like, cause it's a weird, like none of my friends that from high school, they're like, well, we don't get you. Like you're an entrepreneur, but we don't understand it. Cause like, they're not, they're still in college. I'm not like, and it's people that the biggest thing for me is a community of people like Danny, who I met at creative at heart where it's like, Oh, like they understand some of the struggles that no one else in my circle understands. So it's, it's really nice to have that in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that especially as photographers, um, people who are not in the photographer photography realm look at us and they're like like my mom's like yeah my daughter can really like basically click a button really well like she's really good at she has a super nice camera like you should let her take your pictures and I'm like okay mom but how about like the thousands and thousands of dollars that I've invested in education and the time that I go out and like make my husband model for me so I can figure out how the light hits him perfectly and how best to capture it and all of these things um, but it's just so funny how the people in our life talk about our own professions um, even though she loves me so much and she would never say anything negative about me. It's just kind of funny the way that that happens. Um, so if you could kind of give invite advice to any other creatives in general, whether it's marketing folks like Danny or photographers or calligraphers, what advice could you say about getting over the fear of investing in yourself personally and not just thinking about it as, okay, like, this may help me make X amount of dollars next year, but just saying that I'm worth this 1200, 1500, 2900, whatever it is, dollars. For myself, like I would say like your happiness is worth something and like having a circle of people who get you and understand you and a community of people that you can fall back on all the time. Like, is that not worth something? Like you're, this is so stupid, but you're only here for a short amount of time. Make it happy. And like, surround yourself with people who get you and it's worth, it's worth the money. I think. I totally, totally agree with that. Okay. So that's just something that I'm super passionate about, but we can move on from that. Um, so you said you're a wedding photographer, right? That's like the genre that you focus your time on. Awesome. Um, and then you did touch base a little bit on Danny, uh, with Danny, <laughs> touch base on Danny, <laughs> touch base with Danny on, um, the feeling of not being taken seriously. And I almost feel like wedding photography is at the top of like the photography spectrum as far as like being taken seriously. Right. Cause it's, I mean, I could go on for years and years about that, but just in the big spectrum, that's how it's seen. Um, and it's also probably one of the largest upfront 
investments when it comes to photography. Like I said, my, myself, I'm a boudoir photographer, but most of my clients come in and they pay a sitting fee and then later we'll have a sales session, but they kind of get that experience first with wedding photography. You can, you get to meet with them and they get to know you, but there's not like that whole experience beforehand. Um, so how did that feel to work on with yourself when you're saying, okay, I'm asking this person to pay and I'm just throwing a number out here. I don't know your business model, but to pay $2,500, $3,500 for my wedding package. Um, did, was there a moment where you weren't sure if you were good enough for that amount of money or you didn't know how to say, yeah, I'm 20, but like, I'm worth this. Like I've invested all this money. I know all these things. Blah, blah, blah. Talk a little bit about those feelings and how you've un- overcome them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I still like kind of, this is so bad. I shouldn't admit this, but I still kind of like hide. Like I'm, I'm like, please don't ask me my pricing in person. Please just make me email it to you. It'd be so much easier. Like, cause I'm going to explain that it's worth it. And like that I went to these workshops and I'm, I'm worth it. But like, I still, I'm always reluctant to raise my prices and stuff like that. Cause I'm like, like, who am I to charge that much for one day? It's not really one day. It's a lot more than one day. We all know that. But, and it's like, I mean, I'm only 20. Like, how could I possibly even dream of charging that much? But at the same time, I, you need, I need to. I can't afford to do it for less. So it's like, it's definitely a struggle. So I think it's a little bit about knowing your worth and continually reminding yourself of that, right? Because we all like get on these highs and we're like, fuck yeah, we're worth it. Like I'm such a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then our client or our prospective client emails us and they're like, okay, so what are your wedding packages? And you're like, fuck, like maybe I'm not, right? Like did they see that wedding I did like 18 months ago? Because it wasn't the greatest. Like all of these thoughts keep running through our head. So I think the trick there is just continually reminding ourselves, even though it's like, really annoying um, to do so, but that's never going to change. Like even these people that are hosting these workshops that you're going to, they still go home and they might, first off, they get home and they're calling through a wedding and they're like, shit, I missed this. This was out of focus, whatever. Like it doesn't matter how talented you are, how long you've been doing this. So I, like I said, I think the biggest tip that we can give anyone listening and yourself and me and Danny. And like I said, we continually have to remind ourselves that we're worth it and we can't afford as much as we love our craft. We can't afford to do it for nothing. Right. So, so I love that. Um, let's see, what else did I have for you? Um, so let's talk a little bit about, um, I guess maybe my last question for you would be, what do you think the turning point in your photography business was I mean I know you're still you know you're you're still getting there you're going to do huge things you're not quite there yet but um I also know that there has been a turning point in your business where a you started investing in education and feeling like it was a serious you know serious craft that you had that you wanted to nurture a little bit um so what do you think that what was that moment in a wedding or in a session where you were like okay yes this is it I have to think. I think the biggest thing though was like, okay, it wasn't, this is bad. It wasn't really, for me, it wasn't in a session. It was like, I was going to college and I was like, like in high school, like this, I don't like school. (laughs) And I was like, I wanted to be, when I was a sophomore, this is hilarious. I wanted to be a high school teacher. So you definitely have to get a degree for that. Um, And I was like, I don't, I don't want to go to I don't want to go to school for like a long time and I want to go and build my business and I want this to be a full-time thing. And so that's never, I was like, well, if I want to be a full-time thing, I have to treat it like a full-time thing. 
and it's going to be, if I want to be full-time, then I have to do that. So that's kind of like my, was my goal. And that's how it turned. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be a teacher anymore. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. But let me ask you to get a little deeper for a minute. Okay. So, so yes, we mostly, most of us as creatives are like, fuck this, like nine to five, not our thing. We don't want to do that. Um, but what was the emotional within your photography business that made you choose wedding photography? Because I hate weddings. Like they are like, I cannot, don't, don't look at me for a wedding. Mom, stop telling people I will shoot weddings. I hate it. It's like my nightmare. But like for boudoir, myself growing up as plus size and not knowing how to feel comfortable in my own skin and not knowing how to feel even, dare I say, like sexual as an adult and to feel okay with that, that's what made me choose boudoir. So what made you choose weddings? I think the biggest thing for me choosing weddings is that like there's a real purpose for me to be there on weddings. And I, I feel like it's very like pictures that are going to get used a lot. And like, I, I like being there. And I, I'm like, I don't put it out there at all. And I'm not like the type of person to cry in a movie, but I'm such a sap. Like I do not cry at like movies, but every wedding I've ever been to, I'm like sitting behind my camera, like, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. So like, I love, I love a good love story. And I, and it's, to me, it feel, it just feels like, so obviously you're going to have a wedding photographer. And I'm like, I love that for, for that. Does that make yeah. any sense? Yeah, totally. I think, I think, I mean, I'm also someone who like loves love, but I also like don't love it enough for the wedding day, if that makes sense. So like, I, it makes me realize how passionate wedding photographers have to be about even those smaller moments that don't necessarily make up the whole day like the getting ready and the first dance and like the first look if you choose to do that and those types of things like those aren't huge well let me take that they're huge moments that are happening but they're not huge chunks of time that are happening throughout the day so you really have to love wedding photography to shoot it because I don't think there's anyone that loves like bridesmaids screaming at them or like the mom getting drunk or whatever is happening like that that's not really anyone's favorite part so so yeah I love that I love hearing um from wedding photographers specifically why they love it because I don't get it <laughs> so it's just so funny to me uh, but yeah I think that's all the questions that I have Danny do you have any follow-up questions girl do I ever not have follow-up questions <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Andrea, I want to talk a little bit about the network that you've built for yourself. Like obviously, like we have that group text with Stacy and Jamie, um, but I feel like you've built so many relationships with so many other entrepreneurs too. Um, what is your process, I guess, for that? Um, and how do you keep up with everyone? <laughs> um, I always joke that I'm like really bad at making friends. I'm like, I see people and I'm like, I don't, I'm like, oh, no. Like, you were but, laughing our asses off like two seconds after meeting you. Thank you. I think You're I'm welcome. a compliment. Um, but I think, I think there's just something you said for like texting and being like, hey, you're a photographer in the St. Louis area. Let's meet. And so, but I also like, I feel like a lot of times when I meet with photographers and they're like, want to get coffee? I'm like, sure. And then that never goes anywhere. So I'm like, let's like plan a shoot together because then it's not a waste of our time not to be mean, but like, 
and it's it's you get images and we're, we'll probably end up having to text a lot and we'll it'll be more I think you get a better relationship if you like plan something together or like go shoots together and so that's what's kind of like how I met a lot of photographers in our areas I I was like hey like are you interested in doing a style shoot with me and we plan it or like hey do you want a headshot swap and we'd do that instead of just being like hey want to meet up cool thanks you know what I mean does that make any sense? Does that do, you, do you tend to use Facebook groups for that type of thing? Like local Facebook groups? I know photographers in our group are always asking like how to connect and how to get involved with other photographers in the community. So I'm just wondering how you do it. I, let's see. Um, I met up with some of them like through the, there's like big, big Facebook groups. You know this. Like I was in the KJ posing Facebook, Facebook group. And so I said, Hey, is anyone here from St. Louis? And then when we, and then we met and, because they were from St. Louis. And then I use, I do use a lot of Facebook groups or I will like follow other people on Instagram and start the conversation there and comment and be like, oh my God, that's so pretty. And then usually that will lead out to something if you are exchanging comments on each other's pictures and stuff on Instagram. So I think it speaks um, worlds to comment on people's pictures. Like as photographers and as creatives, we're always bitching like, Oh, you liked my picture. Great. That's so easy. But like say something about it. Right. And like, I think it just speaks worlds when we um, start those conversations and we're the person that says this is awesome. And not just says like good pick dude or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shoot, Danny. Oh, laughing over here. Ridiculous. Um, do you have anything that you want to say to the audience slash where can everyone who isn't already stalking you, AKA me, stalk you on the internet? <laughs> on the internet? I am on Instagram for both businesses. So at Angel's Photography at 28 Paperclips and on Facebook for photography and on Twitter. Not business related, but I tweet some funny stuff. So like, <laughs> it might be worth your while. And tell us, <laughs> tell us where else you're going this year. Any other workshops you're hitting up that we can find you at? Yes, I will be in France for a workshop. Oh, please. <laughs> in Provence, France. <laughs> and then I will be at Show at United as well in November. Good. Pretty stoked. So good. Those are killer. Pretty oh, I'm such a noob. Who has a workshop in France? It's um, Lauren Fair and Julie Paisley. I think okay. that's how you pronounce it. I know Julie Paisley. It's, okay. It's in like a lavender field. I'm like, yeah. Sold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like it's at a French chateau. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be awesome. You'll kill it. I can't wait to see images from that. When is that one? It's in August. Oh my so God. Awesome. Oh, that's fun. why you're not going back to creative because you'll be in France. No, I'll be in France. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. Thank you so much for being on. Um, and we will see you listeners next episode. Awesome.